0: On today's episode of the John Campy Show podcast, we're going to be talking about HBO Max, now known as Just Max, crashing on its launch natalie portman says she's up for coming back to star wars can they do that matt damon talks about the growing rivalry between barbie and oppenheimer two movies big movies opening up on the same day teenage mutant ninja turtles the new animated film coming out mutant mayhem it moves up its release date a little bit and vin diesel confirms they're working on an all female led fast and the furious spin-off that and a bunch more the john Campus show podcast starts right now and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show on the Planet Earth, the John Campia Show, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. Joining me in the room here, we got Ray Aura. Hey, hey. Over there, we got Jonathan Voico. Good afternoon. The delightful Chris Carr is here. And most importantly, you guys are here. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down into two parts. First, we're going to talk about those predetermined topics we just listed off. Then in the second part of the show, we're going to take questions from our YouTube channel members. If you are a YouTube channel member, thank you for being a member of our channel. But we put up a community post a little bit earlier today asking if you guys had any questions for the show. And in the second part of the show, we'll go and get through as many of those as possible. All right, guys. That down, let's get things started with this. So it was with great fanfare and many chuckles that they announced that they were starting a new day, the road to their destiny, Mm -hmm. David Zaslav said. They were dropping HBO from HBO Max and just calling it Max, 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 the place to watch HBO. In one of the stupidest marketing moves, uh, just short of Universal calling their streaming service Peacock, um, whatever. So we've been looking forward to, they're going to merge in discovery content into HBO, which is good for me because I really love my HBO max. And I actually, I subscribe to discovery. I like this content on discovery, whatever. I'm a property brothers guy. There you go. Hell yeah. I enjoy that That's the stuff. Best. And give me Guy Fieri doing his uh, diners, diners, drive-ins, and, and dives.
1: dives. What a guy. I what love a that. Mensch.
0: Can't watch that without getting hungry. So, so put all that stuff in together. Sure. Sounds great. Well, Last night, it was time, the official launch of Max or dropping of HBO, whatever, the new service, Max, launched, and uh uh-oh, they had some problems. Apparently, a lot of people, a lot of subscribers, reported that the service was crashing on them. Uh, this comes just to CBR who wrote the following HBO max reportedly crashed shortly after the streaming service was relaunched as max by Warner brothers discovery per variety max subscribers flooded social media to complain that they were having problems logging into the new service. The issue was not device specific as users were unable to access the service through either max.com website, mobile apps or connected TV apps on Roku and Samsung TV. A spokesperson for Warner Brothers Discovery confirmed confirmed the reports, but stated that any issues had now been fixed. You must always anticipate issues on a tech rollout of this scale, the spokesperson shared. We can share that only minor ones have emerged and were quickly remedied. All right. Let me say this about it. Every time a big, major, major, major blockbuster film comes out, it seems like we've got to report that AMC's website crashes. To which I lament, have you not been doing this for like 15 years? Have you not had plenty of times when you knew massive movies were coming and you were going to need to have you know, a server in place that's going to be able to handle the workload? You've been through this a dozen times. How can you still be so incompetent that you don't got your website working properly? I'm going to give Max a little bit of a pass though on this. Because unlike when AMC's site crashes or Fandango's sites crashes or Regal's site crashes, they don't go through this every year. This is a kind of a new thing for them. I, I can't remember when they launched HBO Max as a streaming service. It was a few years ago. But it was only one time, and this is really kind of new. So they've rolled out this brand new service, and apparently it wasn't everybody that couldn't log on to the service. But there were definitely enough that it became an issue. And apparently it looks like they got all the bugs fixed. At least they're saying they have for now. I haven't seen any more reports of people having problems with the service. So while I normally will give these companies a a bit of a hard time when they don't have their website ready to handle things, again, on the case of movie ticket sales, you've had over a dozen times to have this happen. And you should have had it. it, it, You know, your button's all done up at this point. With Max, it's a new thing. They just rolled it out. I'll give them a bit of a pass, and they seem to fix it fairly quickly. Chris, was do you think this can be an issue moving forward? Like, do you look at HBO Max and say, look, you're a massive company. You're Warner Brothers Discovery. You should have had this ready to go. Or do you look at it more leniently, kind of like I do, and saying, eh, whatever. It was the opening night, and they seem to fix it. I don't know. How do you see it?
1: If it keeps crashing, they're going to really yeah. have to change that tagline of the one to watch blank. You can't watch shit right now. The one to watch? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. No, it's growing pains. I understand it. I mean, back when we were all trying to watch House of the Dragon back in August, right? This all crashed, too, then, just because of so many people jumping on the servers and everything. And, well, yeah, it feels like something we all should have fixed by now. It's also something that I'm just kind of accustomed to, mm. you know, Ticket uh, purchasing sites crashing, different apps crashing. I'm just kind of used to it now. I'm hoping they've got their poop in a group today because I really want to watch the reboot of Clone High. I'm really excited <laughs> about it. And so I really want to watch that. I so thought you were going to say The Idol. I definitely <laughs> definitely am excited about The Idol after reading that riveting <laughs> Rolling Stones article. Oof my goof. Oh my gosh, that sounds just... Awesome. awesome. Oh. oh. <laughs> there are two types of people. There are two types of people. Hopefully they get it all sorted, but I do think in this day and age, of course, we like things when we want them. We are all about that instant gratification. If a streaming service is down though, you guys, as annoying as it can be, why don't we just pick up a book, refresh our screen, and hope for the best? If it keeps happening, then I'll have a different attitude.
0: You
2: lost me at pick up a book. I'm but.
1: so
0: sorry. <laughs> you lost me. At okay, but here's the other thing to think about, too. Let's go back to when Mandalorian came out or even WandaVision, right? Disney+, Plus, while the site itself was not crashed, while while you could load up Disney+, Plus. let's not forget that when Mandalorian first came out and, of course, when, when WandaVision was out, when it would drop at midnight, I and many of you guys listening, we opened up our Disney Plus app and tried to play the new episode, right? All of us only to be met with this screen saying, sorry, error. I'm like, what? Sorry, error. And for a lot of the episodes of WandaVision, I would finally start watching that show that dropped at midnight at like 1 a.m. or 1247, or it would take a bit of time, right? So there, and you know what? I haven't noticed that happen with Disney Plus at all lately. So they eventually figured it out. They got it smoothed out. Either that or not as many people are watching their shows now. But I I choose to believe they got it straightened out. And I think Max is going to have the same thing. Like, I I think they will be all right. Did any of you guys- Try loading up Max last night. I know I haven't yet. No, I I didn't. I (laughs) I didn't last night.
2: Not that I'd be avoiding it. Like, I love, that's one of my favorite streaming services, honestly. But um, no, And, and I'm just thinking like, was it just purely like, a rush of people to the new service or is it new content that they were trying to load you know like i
0: think it's the first time they turn the key in the ignition and just try to get it running i yeah. think so
1: as you guys know because i feel like you did make an error there john why would you stay up till midnight why i don't stay up for any of these i can can't wait bed. i'm an instant gratification I'm guy in i need bed it right by now 9 p.m because i wake up at 4 a.m like a lunatic <laughs> so I never tune in for any of these things when they drop late at night anymore. I used to have to do that when I worked for a different channel where I'd have to binge an entire series and then write something by 5 a.m. And now that I don't have to do that, I'm (laughs) never gonna again. So I don't really ever experience that part of this, but I I think most people are probably just logging on to see if there were any changes other than the name.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing to point out. It's not like there was some new big show that was dropping yesterday, right? It's not like the new DC show, right? So anyway- uh, what do you guys think about that? Make sure you uh, let us know. All right, With that down, guys. Let's go on to this. We made a, a video about this one on the YouTube channel a little bit earlier today, but it uh, it's worth some further discussion. Natalie Portman, who is a three time Academy Award nominated actress, she's won the Academy Award as well in 2011 for Black Swan. She's a, a phenomenal actress, one of the best to ever be in the Star Wars universe. She was asked about the possibility of Padme, her character and herself ever returning to which she said in an interview, and I'm quoting Variety magazine here that said, I have no comment or I have no information on this. Portman said when a fan floated the idea of her coming back to the Star Wars franchise, no one has ever asked me to return, but I'm open to it. So we, like I said, we did a video of this on the, on the channel a little bit earlier today about that and we and we went round and round a little bit about talking about how well on the one hand it would be pretty awesome to have her back she's one of the world's great actresses she's absolutely phenomenal people love her why not but again there was that one tiny little detail that gets in the way they killed her <laughs> in the movies and to put an explanation point on it after they killed her they burned the body with a big funeral pyre. pyre. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it would be, so then you got into the we got into the questions. Okay, well, if they still wanted to bring her back, what are the options? Well, the first option is yet another prequel thing. Black Widow her, right? You killed off Black Widow in the MCU. No problem. Get Scarlett Johansson back. and We'll just say this. Let's tell a story before she died. And I guess you could do the same thing now. Although Natalie Portman, wow absolutely stunning. She's you know, 20 years older now. I don't know if you could do a prequel movie with her here. Although, I don't know. She could probably still pass uh, for it. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not interested in more backwards stories. I'm interested in forward stories. So, stories that happen after that. So, that brings up the other option that and I mentioned this in the video we did earlier today. I said, well, what if you know her? her death was faked? What if it wasn't only the twins that they need to keep hidden from the emperor and from Vader and all that kind of stuff. But Yoda determined we need to keep Padme hidden. And it needs to be so secret that I won't even tell Obi-Wan that we're not even gonna let Obi-Wan know. Well, what about the funeral pyre? Well, some, they just threw some random body on there and dressed her up and made people think it was Padme. That, but it's not the most difficult plot hole to get around to say that she's still alive. And that maybe from that point on, she worked as an operative, like helping form the rebellion, replay some scenes from classic Star Wars lore, but then have the camera turn a little bit to show Padme was in the room. I mean, I don't know possibilities, or maybe they just go, you know what? Let's just leave well enough alone. (laughs) She was in the prequels. She's dead. Let's move on. So Chris, we talked about this in the video today, but you know, let's say you are now an executive over at Lucasfilm and somebody, you, know, one of your many interns comes into you and says, "Miss Carr, I don't know if you read this, but Natalie Portman says she'd like to come back.
1: And I'd say, first of all, why are you speaking to me? <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> you no. don't get paid enough to speak to me, which by <laughs> the way, is something she's said to me several times, <laughs> um, but they come in and they say she wants to be in it, number one. Are you even intrigued by the idea of getting her back in it? And then if you decide that, yes, we're going to bring her back in it, what approach do you take with her?
1: When we were talking about this before, it was, you know, Natalie Portman to be back in here. That's what I would like to call aggressive negotiations to borrow from Padme's (laughs) own lines. She's dead. She's dead. How do you bring her back in without making it feel forced, without making it feel shoehorned? Now, the comics have done something with this idea but it's incredibly dark. So in the Vader Mm -hmm. comics, Anakin has the opportunity to essentially resurrect Padme using his Sith powers and everything. And she chooses not to, and just kills herself all over again, basically to avoid having to go back to living with Anakin because she doesn't recognize him.
2: Uh, Anything with that man.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather stay here than go anywhere with you. As intriguing and intense as a story that is,
0: I don't feel like
1: that's the Star Wars we're gonna get (laughs) or the Star Wars that most of your movie-going audience wants. I could be wrong. You all let me know. You always do if I'm wrong. But that's one of the stories that I know we could do or we could go back to some Clone Wars kind of things because that is at least age-appropriate, you know? We're not gonna have her go back to while she's swapping places with Kira Knightley as a 12-year-old we could go back to that Clone Wars time. I just don't know why you would. I don't know what stories are there because when we went back and we did the Obi-Wan story, there was so much potential for that story and they kept missing the why for me of why are we doing this? Why are we doing this story? What do you have more to tell me about Obi-Wan's time between these events that I need to learn more from? That's what I would need from the Padme story if we go back and revisit her. Why do I need to know these things? And if you have it, so she's just been living off in... Secret this whole time? I will hate her... So much, I will hate her more than anyone has ever hated Jar Jar Binks or anything like that. Because what a shit heel thing to do to your children. Hey, you're going to go live on this moisture farm in the middle of goddamn nowhere because I don't want to deal with your father. It's so awful. I'd hate it. But your
0: sister your is going to go live in a
1: she palace. She gets to be a princess. I don't have favorites. That's just how this worked out.
2: Listen, you just take your cue from Days of Our Lives. Twins. Twin, Twin sister. sister.
1: Oh shit. Jonathan. You're a genius. There Problem we go. I'm solved. fine with it now. Yeah, oh yeah.
0: I, again, so you know, somebody in the comments section on the on the video we did earlier said, well, why does she have to be Padme? I mean, maybe she could be a, another character, right?
1: And um Ooh, so, have her be Marjade, Jade and then Luke has a whole bunch of issues he doesn't even <laughs> know about.
2: I already kissed my sister, and now, now my I'm mom. kissing my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's some like, real deep-seated issues here. There's
1: a lot here. of epic It's shit like Back to happening. the
2: Future when Marty made out with his mom. Oh,
1: man. Your name's
0: Calvin. You put your name on your underwear. All right. Guys, uh, for you, for something for you to ponder and think about, making out with your sister and your mom, all that kind of stuff. Please don't. What do you think about the possibilities here of having Natalie Portman come back? Star stuff. Do you do it as a prequel? Do you say she never actually died? Do you say she's another character? Or do you just leave well enough alone and just not do it at all? Whatever you guys think, jump down and let us know. All right. That down, let's go on to this. You know, there was a fun problem we in in movie fandom and in the movie industry would have a lot up until about the end of 2019 when the pandemic hit, which was... What do we do when two massive movies are opening on the same day? I mean, it's taken a number of years. It wasn't until like May, June that we're getting like this glut of incredible big, big high profile movies all coming out. Like what was it? Like six big major ones in the stretch of six weeks. It was, it's absolutely incredible. But what do you do when you get two big ones opening on the same day? And that is a problem that a couple of studios and we as film fans are going to face on the weekend of July 21st, because on that weekend, there are two movies that a lot of people are looking forward to. One is the Margot Robbie Barbie movie, which I will tell you right now, I have never been that interested in until CinemaCon. At the presentation at CinemaCon, they got me right on board. I I am now quite excited for this movie. Opposite that, is also what we can already tell is probably a Best Picture contender and maybe the movie that's going to get Christopher Nolan his first Best Director Oscar, which is Oppenheimer. Two very similar movies. No, I'm kidding. Two very, <laughs> very, very different movies, Barbie and Oppenheimer, but they are opening on the same day. And online, on social media, a bit of a battle has broken out over people You know, Team Barbie and Team Oppenheimer saying, I hope that movie fails because everybody should go see Barbie and vice vice versa, all that kind of stuff. Well, Matt Damon was asked about this whole online feuding now going on in a Barbie v. Oppenheimer world that we live in. And uh, he said something pretty rational. Matt Damon said this. This is the first I'm hearing about it, actually. I haven't paid any attention to that. Matt Damon, who of course is in Oppenheimer, Matt Damon recently told Vanity Fair after learning about the social media debates over which film fans will see first on opening night. Matt Damon said, people are allowed to go see two movies in a weekend. Oppenheimer is one of them. Now, this is kind of neat. This is kind of neat. Variety goes on to say this. Damon has four daughters, so it might be presumed that they'll go check out Barbie before Oppenheimer. I'll have to ask them that, Damon said. If that's the case, they'll see two movies that weekend. <laughs> so yeah, they want to go see Barbie, that's fine. But then they're going to go see Oppenheimer. All right. For me, as a film fan, it is so great that we are finally, after years of the pandemic, and now going on to years of post-pandemic recovery, that we are finally again back in a state where in the we don't have to wait five weeks for another big movie to come out. We, we got like... Tons of them coming out now. We got, we just had Fast X open. Uh, we got Little Mermaid opening this weekend, and I think Spider Man is the weekend after that. And it's great. Now we're going to have this thing where I've got two movies that I'm dying to see on the 21st of July: Oppenheimer, Barbie. All right. Two questions emerge: What movie is going to make the most money that weekend? And by money, I mean gets most people out to see it. Which movie is going to get most people to go to go see it that weekend? And number two, which movie am I going to go see first that weekend? I will go first. (laughs) The movie that will make more money the weekend of July 21st will be Barbie. I don't have much doubt about that. You got Ryan Gosling. You got Simu Liu. You got John Cena. You got Margot Robbie. You've got this iconic thing that little girls have been playing with for long before I was born. Um, and it just looks fantastic. Now you guys listening to this, you didn't get to see everything that we've seen so far. I'm sure you will. I'm sure they'll put that other marketing material out, but believe me, this movie looks fantastic and is not just some spoof comedy. Like the, the director and the cast, you know, Ryan Gosling was on stage talking about how much people cried watching like when they would show this to some to some people how much people cried during it so it's going to have big big laughs because we had some huge laughs when we watched some of the previews they're going to have real emotion it's being directed by an Oscar caliber director and Greta Gerwig an incredible cast looks great there's a lot there to appeal I think it'll make more money opening weekend than Oppenheimer so there's that question one which one makes more movie it's going to be Barbie what movie am I going to go see first? Well, that's Oppenheimer. I mean, listen, with everything great I just said about Barbie, and it's all true, and I can't wait to watch it. It's Christopher Nolan, who right now is maybe in a neck-and-neck race with Denis Villeneuve to maybe being the best director today, like working right now. I mean, Steven Spielberg's is the greatest of all time. Martin Scorsese is a Matt Rushmore. But I mean, today... Who's the best at the height of their powers directors right now? It's probably Denis Villeneuve and Christopher Nolan. And I'm a sucker for these true stories. The the trailers for this thing just make it look like an Oscar winner. I cannot wait to watch this. I mean, I know what happens. And I'm still watching the trailers and my knuckles are turning white. It's crazy. So, yes, the first one I'm going to go see is Oppenheimer. Ray. Mm. Barbie. Oppenheimer, which one makes more money opening weekend? Which
3: one are you going to go watch first? I have no basis, but I'm going to say Oppenheimer makes more. Um, really? Wait, I, I don't know. It's just, is that I just because the audience trusts Christopher Nolan? They know his uh, name? Yeah, I, that's what I think. But also it's because I'm going to see Oppenheimer first. It's just a preference. Like I want, and that Ray Ora ticket is going to make the, the difference. The that's going to change yeah. the tide. I want the one that I pick. To be the one that wins. So that's my only basis. <laughs> You're probably gonna be right. Barbie, Barbie is way all over the world, you know. Yeah. Like it's just such a big toy that's been around for ages. So that's probably gonna win. But I'm I'm just gonna say Oppenheimer, because if it does win, then I have something to hang, hang your hat on yeah.
0: there. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan, what about you? Which one makes more money opening weekend? Which one are you gonna go see first? I
2: was a little concerned because I'm glad it's July 21st and not July 16th because National Lampoon's Vacation is getting a re-release. So that's actually my choice. Uh, some classy Chevy Chase. Um, but I think Barbie makes more money. Overall, I, will, I would probably be going to see Oppenheimer first. I'm actually interested in Barbie. I'm not like boohooing it, but that's just like my first choice. So, yeah, I go Barbie wins the, the big dollars. Oppenheimer wins my dollar. And
0: Chris to you now we got we we loved what we saw with both Barbie yes. and
1: Oppenheimer both look amazing
0: so which one is going to get more people out that weekend and which one are you going to be seeing first
1: Barbie's gonna make more money opening weekend. There's already people to I'm Ray's a guest. Ray, I love you, but we can disagree sometimes. That it, makes a healthy relationship. He's stunned. All right. If I only agree with you, people are gonna be like, Oh my gosh, Chris, why always siding with Ray? People are already talking about dressing up for these movies and everything, going to these screenings. It's an iconic, iconic character who's been part of the Zeitgeist since the sixties no, since the forties? How long have Barbie's been around? Uh, Before like, we you know, were around. At least the 50s. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are going to flock to that. I do think Oppenheimer will have great legs. It's going to be a prestige film. People are going to go see it. It's based on this incredible real life story and mostly takes from the book American Prometheus, which if you haven't read, I highly, highly recommend it is profoundly good. What am I going to see opening weekend? What a cop-out. Neither of them. I'm going to be in London, so oh. I don't have to make this decision. Uh, no, no, you can't get up because <laughs> at some point, you're going to have to you're I have watch. I'm going to go see them. I'm probably going to see... Barbie before I see Oppenheimer, but, but mostly because see, of my friends. Why see Oppenheimer in, in, in the, while I'm in London?
2: Like, well, I did that in Paris? It's actually kind of fun yeah? to like see it in a different like audience type of audience. I you mean,
1: know? maybe I'm trying to go see live theater though because I, I want to go see Pillow Man with Lily Allen. The I Globe is closed while I'm there, which I'm really annoyed <laughs> by. But listen, I
2: made the Eiffel Tower and the re-release of Star Wars in Paris. So oh, come on, yeah, Chris. you went to see
1: the Eiffel Tower. Or...
2: I was on it okay. and I saw the re-release of Star Wars. This is '97. Oh, goes back all right, ways, but you oh. could do it. How about how
3: about this, John? I'm, I'm gonna dress up committed. like Barbie to Oppenheimer. But also but also wait Well you said it that's now legally oh, but, but binding. You well, must now do that. If you do a double feature, why wouldn't you go see Oppenheimer first and then you know get all that yeah and then Barbie you leave happy you know what I mean you wouldn't go reverse that just doesn't make sense but
1: what if Barbie makes you cry more than Oppenheimer based on what everyone said
0: what if Barbie has an existential crisis and ends up killing herself at the end
1: oh my god
0: huh
1: huh Oh, Oppenheimer becomes the pickup
2: movie. I I think I definitely still want to see Oppenheimer then. (laughs) If
1: if Oppenheimer ends up being the feel good movie of the two, I'm going to be very distraught.
0: (laughs) All right. Hey guys, here's the question for you to ponder. Which one do you think out of Oppenheimer and Barbie? We're not asking which one you think is going to be better. We're asking you which one do you think is going to get more people motivated to get out to the theater to see it that weekend? Is it going to be Barbie or Oppenheimer? And, which one are you going to get out there to see? Think about that, would you? And uh, let us know what you think. All right. With that down, let's get on to this. I don't even know if I'm quoting the song right, but knock, knock, you're about to get shell-shocked. Yeah. Is that, what, is that uh, You're about that's, to get uh, shell-shocked. That's Wiz Khalifa and uh, Juicy J. So I did not, I didn't know that was Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. So at CinemaCon, that song, the, the room went dark. The stage is black. And all of a sudden, that song starts playing. Shell shock, right? And all of a sudden, these dancers all come out on stage in their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle masks. And- oh,
3: I, I might be wrong if you're talking about what they did at CinemaCon. Then that probably wasn't the that song wasn't the Shell Shock yet. song. Well, the one that I know of, because that one was from the the. Remember the first animated? Yeah, but did they Ninja- play
0: that at, when when uh, at this? I think they played that song at the CinemaCon presentation. Oh well. Could be wrong, yeah. but. But they, and up out of the sewer, they actually had a sewer on the stage and up out of the sewer came the head of the studio and they talked about this new movie coming out, TMNT Mutant Mayhem, a new animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film produced by Seth Rogen. And it looks stupid. I don't care. I don't care. Bring it on. Bring it on. I don't care. I think it looks stupid. I don't think it looks funny at all. (laughs) But I got people in my life who are, Dying to see this movie and listen. According to the response that we've had on our YouTube channel and everything, there's a lot of you guys looking forward to seeing it. And I got good news for you, Ray. Yeah, because Ray's real excited about seeing mm-hmm.
1: this.
0: Actually, when we went to Vegas for CinemaCon, all he talked all fucking day, all time. When's When's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles presentation? When's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles presentation? That That's
3: all it was. Icing on the cake. We went in the right line to get the free shirt because you got a giving TMNT away three. More. Three free shirts. And when I opened my bag and I saw that green shirt, <laughs> I was like, It was a happy man. Yeah. Because it was all random. But depending on what line you left to walk out, we just picked the right line. I mean, it was fate, baby. And you got it. Well, I got yep. good news for you, Ray. Mm-hmm. They've moved up the release date.
0: By what, three days? An hour? Nah. Two days. Uh, this comes to us <laughs> from February. <coming laughs> <word? here. laughs> The TMNT Mutant Mayhem release date is now set for August 2nd, 2023. That is two days earlier than its original date of August 4th, 2023. Additionally, uh, it was announced that a new trailer will drop next week on May 31st. Yeah. So there's something for Ray for you to be excited
3: about. Um. Yeah, August look, 2nd, you said? What's yeah. that? Yeah. August 2nd. August 2nd. The day through. after my birthday. Happy birthday yeah. to you, Ray. That's going to have a turtle party. Which, guess what? If if
0: they're saying August 2nd, that probably means the first day it's in theaters the day before. Because remember, whenever they say release date is Friday, whatever, it's always the day before. So it's probably for your birthday. The moons have a line. The moons have a line. We're going to be taking you to see TMNT, Mutant (laughs) Mayhem. Look, I got to ask this question, though. I got to ask. Because, look, I, I, I watch a lot of trailers for movies that I don't have a lot of interest in. And I look at the trailers and I go, I get it. Like I get, I understand why people would be excited about this. It's not really my, it doesn't seem like it's my thing, but I can see why people are excited. I got to admit, I do not get the enthusiasm. I, I don't understand the enthusiasm, the trailers for this mute mayhem have gotten. Cause I, I haven't found it funny or charming or, or anything like that. I so like it visually, there's so. a lot of people who are really excited about it. Ray, you are chief among them. So, so let me ask you: When you look at this stuff, what is getting you excited about it?
3: I'm going to be completely serious here. I just love this franchise so much that I'll support anything it does. Like I, 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 you know, that's the truth. And also, I appreciate new takes on properties that we've seen over and over again. Mm. At least someone's swinging the bat at something, and hopefully. People will enjoy it. That's all it really is. I appreciate what they're trying to do. A lot of like you, a lot of people say maybe there's some influence from the across the Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse. That's fine with me because I love the style of those movies. Um, I just like that. Like what Seth Rogen said at Comic-Con, that they're going to play into the teenage part of their their these turtles lives. And that gets me going, too. So I don't know, Jonathan, you just said that you like it visually, right?
2: You know, visually it popped. I mean, obviously it kind of reminds me of Spider-Verse, which I'm more excited for that. Um, I, I do agree with John. Like there was nothing particularly exciting to me about like the dialogue or I know nothing about the story because it was a teaser trailer. But it did visually pop for me. So if I see more in like a story based trailer coming up, then
3: I'd be in. Have you have, have your kids seen it? Uh, I want to know what the but kid, I mean, what the kids think of these I guess th- but
2: you got to remember one's 18, right, one's right, 16. It's right. not really their thing. Maybe the 13-year-old would like it. But mm. but also they don't have that nostalgia that we do, yeah. so it's a disconnection.
0: Okay. What about you Chris? Like I I think I remember you saying you are looking forward to this. Oh
1: hell yeah! I'm Team Ray on this one, baby. So, so what? What is it? Like,
0: what are people seeing that I'm not? That's kind of going over my head here. What What is there to be excited about?
1: I think there is the nostalgia factor for most of us who grew up in the the late '80s or early '90s who just love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so much. I love the teenage aspect of this because there is that disconnect sometimes when you rewatch some of the older properties of. Aren't they teenagers? (laughs) Aren't they teens? So I love that. And one of the things that we got to know, and I'm sure some of you have read about it in some of the dailies and everything. It's really, really cool that they got actual teenagers to do the voices here and that they got to record live. I think that's going to make for such an interesting dynamic here. Most of the time when you're doing voiceover, you are completely isolated. You're just reacting either to the track somebody else has recorded or... To nothing right? and you're having your director kind of walk you through the beats and everything so that they could get this playful fun dynamic there where they let the teens just be themselves and goof around and see what happened in the room I think it's going to be really really magical plus all of those freaking mutants how can you not be hyped about that I think this is going to be killer
0: yep all right guys, what about you? Like are you some that you're really excited about this? And look, let me be admit this right up front. I had very very similar thoughts before seeing Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And it is now one of my absolute favorite movies. Perhaps that will happen as well with TMNT Mutant Mayhem. What do you guys think? Could that happen? We'll find <laughs> out. All right. Let's uh let's end things off here with this before we go over and take our our uh, questions from our YouTube channel members, you know, Vin Diesel uh, back a couple of years ago, Michelle Rodriguez brought up that she really wanted there to be a female led fast and the furious movie, right? Because every fast and the furious movie has been male led, whether it was Vin, Vin and Paul Walker Hell, they even did a spinoff and it had four male leads, the rock, uh, Jason Statham, Statham. Ryan Reynolds, Kevin Hart. I mean, it was just all big male lead thing, right? Everything's male lead. And nobody, when when they did a spinoff and it was all based on male characters, nobody went, huh, this movie hates women because they're not putting in thing. I've already seen the comments when finally one out of the 11 films they've already done, Vin Diesel just confirmed in an interview saying that, He's getting ready to start developing a female-led Fast and Furious spin-off movie, right? I've already seen the comments. Why does it have to be female-led? Just, just make it mixed. Well, it's like, well, every other Fast and Furious hasn't been mixed. I mean, yeah, they've had some female supporting characters to look good in tight shorts. Sure. And when they did a Hobbs and shot, when they did finally did a spin off movie, it was all it was it was male led. Nobody said, well, why can't it be mixed? That's the, that's the hypocrisy in this, right? Like, when they do these spinoffs or sequels or reboots and it's got your male leads, nobody says, well, why can't it be mixed? But if you make it female-led... Then you get these hypocrites who go, well, why can't it be mixed? Well, the fast she, you, <laughs> fast in the PMS. Oh, I hate it, women. <laughs> you missed my fast X chromosome. Oh. Okay, huh? Come on.
2: Well huh? done. Come on now. You're than oh, backwards. my gosh. You're better than that. I mean, the funny part is it says it's female-led. It doesn't say there's not men in it. And oh, yeah. maybe, maybe we just, like, not me. I... I take a step back here because I have no interest in any of this franchise, but maybe people are interested in the Michelle (laughs) Rodriguez character and whatever, whoever else leads it. Well,
0: look, they've they've got a lot of these characters in these movies, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you got Letty, you got Cypher, you got uh, Joanna Brewster's character. I can't remember the character's name. Uh, I love
1: that you're looking at me like I know them.
0: (laughs) Because women, right? I mean, they've, they've had tons of female characters. So why not take a couple of side characters, which is what they did with Hobbs and Shaw, take a couple of side characters and make a movie around them? But everybody gets their prissy little panties in a twist when they say, oh, this one's going to be led by women. And again, the hypocrisy is outstanding. They they announced a spinoff again, being led by men, and nobody says this is anti-women. Nobody says, why not make it mixed? Why, why nobody says this is a male agenda? Nobody says that. So when... One out of, well, at the time when it does happen, one out of 12 of them, they do female-led. People are going, I've already seen the, the comments saying, blah, blah. now look, I think this franchise is dying. I think we, see, we visually see it withering on the vine as we speak. And Vin Diesel said in the comment that it won't be until after the main saga is finished that they'll even get developing it. And I don't think there's going to be a franchise to continue. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know this. I'm just I'm just speculating like a movie fan. But I don't think it's going to be around. So I don't even think this movie's ever even going to happen. I just don't understand why anybody would have a problem with the idea of it happening. Why not? Newsflash, women drive cars. <laughs> we can do that? I mean, I'm not I'm saying you should here. be allowed to do Jesus it. Jesus Christ. But you do, uh, right? <laughs> get out. Canceled. I'm
1: just, Canceled
0: immediately. But, but in all seriousness, like, I, I just don't get the, what's the problem? If, you're, if your lead characters happen to be guys, uh, other characters, or maybe you do lead characters with women. I saw somebody say, well, most car racing fans are men. Okay. All, all right. I, I'm not going to dispute that. I, I think if you probably did a study, you would find that probably, I'll concur, the majority of car racing fans, majority, not exclusively, are probably male. Sure. So are you now admitting that representation matters? Oh, I, I mean, because you can't on one hand say tables. representation doesn't matter and say, <laughs> well, I'm a guy, and as a guy, I got to see guys driving cars. Otherwise, Sweet. my little brain can't handle
3: it. How the turns, I, I, yeah, the turns have tabled. <laughs> they
2: don't actually race in these shows these movies anyway anymore. So
0: Well, no, they do. they do. They do. Fast X kinda kinda gets back to we okay, got some, some old fashioned car racing. Okay. Maybe we I'll wanna, check it out. Again, I don't think this movie's ever gonna happen. I really don't, but I don't know why you would have a problem with it happening. Anyway, Chris, as as an expert on the Fast and Furious franchise, yes,
1: thank you for finally talking to me about having it. Having
0: seen all of Hobbs and Shaw,
1: <laughs> having seen all of Hobbs and Shaw, and a compilation of Vin Diesel defying physics, breaking asphalt, and catching cars with his bare hands. Yeah,
0: which is always good to do. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this: somebody as not joking aside, you're not really all that inclined into Fast and Furious no. movies. Would you have interest if they did a a a spinoff with some of the female characters being the center stage and leading that film?
1: I mean, honestly, I probably wouldn't because I have no no horse in this race. <laughs> I have no connection to this other than Hobbs and Shaw, which we went to for a press screening. <laughs> so I, I'm not the target demographic here because that I just haven't seen any of these films. Although I know plenty of women who do love action movies, regardless of who's in them. The thing here is, is if you are so threatened by a female-led film that you have to jump on your keyboard and start angrily shouting into the void, I feel like you need to do a little bit of exploration on yourself and see what makes you so gosh darn mad about it. Because the thing is, for you too, you also do not have to see this movie. (laughs) If it makes you mad, don't go see it. It also
2: doesn't threaten your income or your family life or anything, really.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So if you're very, very up in arms about this even being a thing, maybe explore that. Maybe go talk to somebody about it. But also, I think if you love this franchise, why wouldn't you want more of it? If you are a diehard Fast and Furious fan, if you love nothing more than family, well, then let's have some ladies do their turn at it. Because we've had all these other spinoffs. Why wouldn't you want to continue exploring the world? When we talked about John Wick, I haven't seen any, you know, vitriol for the ballerina spinoff. I've heard people really excited about that because it's continuing to build the lore and everything. And from what I understand of this franchise, it is now lore heavy with a whole bunch of Dickensian familial ties and superpowers and all kinds of stuff. So if you like it, see it. If you don't, don't. But to your point, if this franchise is on a downswing, this is probably a, a non-issue anyway. It's a non-starter since this might not get made. Well,
3: I just have to say this. If there's any experience with, you witness Anne driving. I witnessed my mom driving and my older sister driving. I think I know the villain of this film. <laughs> Who's it's that? Your mom? Parking. Because oh, <laughs> Ann takes so long to park. Oh, really. she does. Like, Ann is a great driver. For... Ann <laughs> is a great driver. Yeah, like, she's
0: a great yeah, driver. You, when, you get, when you get to the location, you're only halfway there. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's 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 a long process
3: for her to park the car. It really is. I love but, you, Ann. I'm sorry.
1: My dad set up cones when I was learning how to drive and would yell, boom, hit a Lexus. Boom, there goes your college fund. Oh, wow. So I am amazing at parking. I can parallel park like a <laughs> Because I got the fear of financing (laughs) thrown
0: in my face. Here's the other thing to keep in mind, too. This is not, because I've already seen some people online trying to draw similarities between this and say the Ghostbusters reboot, right? This is not a reboot of Fast and Furious with all female leads. This is not going to be a street racing thing with all female lead characters, with your character uh, Dominica and her best friend Brianna. um, Brianna? Brianna. Okay. Brianna. You know, not Brian, Brianna, <laughs> Brianna, somebody else. Okay. So it, this isn't that this is taking the established characters, probably adding one or two more and focusing the story around them, just like they did taking a couple of secondary characters in the fast and furious with these characters, Hobbes and the character Shaw added a couple more with Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart and made a spinoff. Mm-hmm. And again, Nobody made. Nobody said, it's an agenda. It's just a male agenda thing. I, I just don't get why people then, when they're going to do the opposite and try to make sure that the female characters get a light shine on them, and everybody starts going crazy a bit.
3: I, I'm going to be serious. Um, I'm down for this, really. If there's Brie Larson, Michelle R- Rodriguez, like we pointed out earlier, Gal Gadot, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down for a new take of it. If they're going to keep this franchise going, fine. Dude, let's do all-female. Because if they a- do
0: keep going, they got to do something to change yeah. it up. Yeah. Like,
3: uh, and again, like like you were saying, Chris, the point is moot.
0: I really don't think this movie is going to happen anyway. I really don't. I don't think there's any point in doing it because I don't think there's any point in doing more Fast and Furious movies after this thing is done anyway. But who knows? We'll see what happens. All right, guys. We're now going to move on and start taking the questions that our YouTube channel members have been submitting. And thank you to all the people who are our YouTube channel members. But before we do, we're going to take just a quick second here and thank a couple of sponsors of the John Campbell Show podcast. Our friends at Helix and my mobile service provider, Min Mobile. This video is sponsored by Helix Sleep. Their Memorial Day sale is running now and it's a great time to upgrade your mattress. You can get 25% off your purchase for a limited time. Check out the Helix site for more details. Guys, Helix Sleep offers the best premium mattresses, custom fit to your needs, conveniently shipped right to your door. And in case you're not 100% sure which mattress is best for you, Helix Sleep's quiz matches you to the perfect mattress based on your body type and sleep preferences. Guys, you know, Ann and I have had our Helix for almost a year and even when we go to Las Vegas and stay in these beautiful hotel rooms we can't wait to get home to get a great night's sleep in our Helix mattress the mattress comes rolled up in a box and is easy to set up and there's even a hundred night sleep trial to test the mattress out to ensure that you love it and good news Helix is having a great Memorial Day sale that goes from May 15th to June 4th visit helixsleep.com campia to get 25% off your Helix mattress plus two free pillows during the Memorial Day Sale, running now for a limited time. We want to thank a sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services, inflation is everywhere. Seriously, make it stop. Thankfully, there's one company out there that's giving you a much needed break. It's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. You guys know that ever since I switched to Mint Mobile, I've been saving almost 70% a month over my old phone plan. For people looking Looking for extra savings this year mint mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 dollars a month by going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail mint mobile passes the significant savings on to you all of their plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5g network use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/campia. That's mintmobile.com/campia. Cut your wireless build of 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/campia. And thank you to Helix and Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia show. Listen guys, remember when you guys go and check out and support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So if you look down in the description of this show, you'll find links and promo codes to both Helix and mint mobile. So thank you again to both of them for sponsoring the show. All right, guys with that all down, let's get over and start taking questions from our channel members. Chris, what do we got
1: from CJ rebirth? Just wanted to give you props, John on today's thought section of the newsletter. As someone who's had to deal with depression a couple times, it does feel good to realize there's at least some people in the world who care about you and will show support. So thank you.
0: Uh, thank you for that, C- uh, CJ. So uh, what CJ is referring to is every day, uh, we have a John Campus Show newsletter, in case you didn't know. And you should go subscribe to it today and get it to your inbox every morning. And in that newsletter, we we talk about the topics that are going to be discussed on the channel that day. We talk about some announcements that are going to be. And I always put in a little blog post. And today, um, I decided to share... A little bit about me that I'm—I'm I'm actually quite the introvert, and I—I I deal with uh, crippling social anxiety, um, and uh, and you know insecurities and things like. That. And I talk about that, hoping that you know other people who might be able to relate. Um, and that's what CJ is referring to. So thank you so much for the kind words, CJ. I appreciate that very much. All right, what's next
1: from Jesse as a turtle, John? Have you watched Pearl? It's so great. It's the prequel to X. I just watched both, and I'm surprised you walked out on X. The explicit scenes were pretty on par with other horror movies.
0: Um, it's, it's not the grossness. I just found X to be cripplingly boring. I just, <laughs> I didn't like it. Like I, I've only walked out of, I can count on one hand, the n- number of movies I've walked out of. And I walked out of X. Um, I just find it again, uh, like oppressively boring. I, I just didn't want to watch it anymore. And, and I got up and left now. Look, I understand a lot of people loved it and that's great. I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade at all. It just wasn't for me, which is really weird. Cause it's got a lot of filthy in it. And I love Filthy, but uh, it just wasn't for me. So no, because I didn't even finish watching X, um, which is why I didn't review the movie. I don't review movies that I don't finish watching. So I never reviewed it. Uh, But because it it just wasn't for me, I didn't bother watching Pearl. But again, I love hearing how much people loved it. So that's a good thing. All right. What's next?
1: From Christian Rodriguez, it's game day. Game Game day. day. What are y'all watching over at Max? Love you, John. Uh, probably just stuff that I already watch. I mean, I right now,
0: I am currently not quite halfway through a rewatch of West Wing. And I, I honestly have to reevaluate my top five greatest shows of all time because it's got to be in there. It might be the greatest television show ever made. I mean, that show is so freaking well wonderful. done. Uh, but that's what I'm currently watching on Mac. So today will be the first time I open up the new app. So, you know, Zane. we'll see if it crashes on me or not.
1: Yeah. I'm going to check out the Clone High reboot. I've been watching so much Apple TV, though. That's where I've been going to lately. Yeah.
0: Have you been watching Silo? Oh, no. that's what I want to watch. Yeah, ah. that's the one. Anne and I want to watch that really Man, badly. It's yeah. Good. Heard so much good stuff about it. All right, what's next?
1: The Everything Everywhere Network got to see, apparently, an unfinished cut of The Flash last night and loved it. The last 20 minutes or so got very convoluted and busy, but so much of it was incredible. And I hope Sasha Kale gets all sorts of work after this movie.
0: I am not going to disagree with you about the last 20 minutes getting kind of busy. I I, I will concur with that. Now it's still very much worked for me. I still very much enjoyed the last 20 minutes. But I agree, it does get very, very busy. That's a great way to put it. The movie overall is phenomenal. And Sasha Kale is all kinds of wonderful in it. Really, really like her in this movie. I think she's going to win a lot of people over. And I cannot wait for people to see this film. Very, very excited for it. All right, what's next?
1: From Joel, with Killers of the Flower Moon screening at Cannes, some outlets who saw, including IndieWire, believe, stated it was the best performance of DiCaprio's career, which is quite a statement considering his filmography. What are your thoughts about this claim, and what's your favorite Leo performance? I'm thinking maybe Wolf of Wall Street. I
0: love him in Wolf of Wall Street, but that probably wouldn't even be in my top two or three. Um, boy, favorite DiCaprio performance... And it's not, not even the one that he won his Academy award for, uh, you know, Leo versus the bear, the Revenant, the Revenant. It's not even (laughs) that one. It might, I think my favorite performance of his might be catch me if you can. He's so good in that. I'm not saying that's his best movie, but I think that might be my favorite performance of his. He was really, and listen, I know this is going back a ways, but what's eating Gilbert grape? Um, I mean, he was obviously young, a lot younger at the time, but. I love that one too. Listen, uh, we're hearing the movie is spectacular. The last I checked, it had a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes for all the major outlets that got to see it at Cannes. We'll see if it goes up or down from there. But yeah, I'm very, very excited to see this film. All right, what's next?
1: Colin Z. I was lucky enough to see The Flash last night and I agree with initial reactions. Warner Brothers has a smash on their hands. I think 800 million plus in worldwide box office. It
0: all depends on whether people are going to go out to see it or not. Uh, obviously, DC is struggling right now. People were not going out to see the DC films. They weren't. They didn't go out to see Black Adam. They certainly didn't go out to see Shazam 2. Um, now you got the Michael Keaton factor in this. You've had the fact that this has literally been in the works for a decade. Literally, they've been talking about this. For a They announced the movie officially about 10 years ago, which is wild when you try to wrap your head around that. Um, And the word of mouth is going to be very, very strong. So, again, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I'm not going to be surprised if this movie makes $400 million. I'm also not going to be surprised if it makes $900 million. It's just going to be really interesting to see how people react to this. Not to mention all the Ezra Miller drama. So, well, we'll see. All right, what's next?
1: From Noral S. Hey, guys, this question is for all of you. So I know that Chris and Ray aren't horror fans. Neither am I. But what was the movie that absolutely freaked you out or made you say nope? For me, it was the Amityville horror movie, the original one, not the one with Ryan Reynolds and his pretty face. Ooh, this is so silly because I watched it so late. And I know I've told you guys this story before. I didn't watch Saw until maybe... 2017 wow it horrified me i was crying uncontrollably yeah. at the end but what made it worse is we lived in a very old apartment in valley village at the time and a blade from our ceiling fan ripped off and flew across the room oh and God. almost took off logan's head <laughs> so i completely lost it then and made him check every nook and cranny of our home because obviously we were tr- someone was gonna was come murder us
2: for? He's like, I'm looking, but I don't know what
1: for. I don't know what you want me to do. I was like, someone's here to kill us. Someone's here to murder us. And yeah, I don't do well with those movies.
2: For me, um, because I saw it way too young, it would be just, I always had imagery of uh, scenes from The Shining that I just, as a a child, I couldn't really comprehend like the bathroom scene, but it made me feel really uneasy. Uh, Why were there people like dressed like furries? Like, (laughs) There was just like this... Im- yeah. I didn't understand what they were doing in, at the time. And so it was just like a lot of strange imagery that freaked me out as a kid.
1: That makes sense, yeah.
0: Uh, for yeah. me, it's still American Werewolf in London. Mm. That movie still freaks me out to this day. And not many horror films freak me out, but that freaks me out. But don't you love it, though? I do. I love it, but it's uh, that's part of the reason. Look, I, like I always say, movies are experiential events. And that movie gives me an experience. It, it the, the experience is fear and terror and whatever, but that's that's the same reason people get on
3: roller coasters, right? And that movie gives it to me and that's why it's probably my favorite still. The, the movie I caught was when I was really young. It was on TV. I only saw like a little part of it because I got way too scared. I believe it was called The Entity. It was Oh, like,
0: I uh, remember the Entity. Th- that freaked me if out. I'm Just thinking be-
3: of the right movie. Yeah, yeah. The the woman is in the house and some demon is like really like messing with her. And it was it was it was pretty scary to me. I I was traumatized even till now, so that was it. All right. What's next
1: from King Edward? What are some of your first impression? Me- what are some first impression measures you and Anne conduct when you visit a new restaurant for the first time? My girlfriend and I really judge a place on the quality of their Coke or sweet tea.
0: You know what? I've never thought of that, but I think you're absolutely right. One of, like honestly, my first impression of a restaurant, besides the decor, yeah, the, the very first thing I recognize, and Anne and I are different this way. When Anne and I go to dinner, like she'll lean towards a smaller place that's got like nine tables in it and yeah, preferably an Asian place or whatever, stuff like that. Me, I love atmosphere in a restaurant. So like we got a place near us called Lazy Dog that, uh, well, all of us in here have gone to many times. That's yeah, great. I love the atmosphere. Um, I That's why there's a you know, restaurant called BJ's too. I just like the atmosphere. I love being in a great atmosphere. So that's the first thing. But as far as quality goes, yeah, I always order a diet soda, and you can tell do they do they over mix their mix? Do they whatever? Because if that soda's bad, I'll that usually turns me off right away.
3: The very first thing I do is look at the dessert menu, and even if they have one, right? Like someplace if they don't have dessert, they menu, don't. It's like minus a couple points already. But yeah, the dessert menu is the very first thing I look at, just because it's a habit.
2: My first thing is, and it's kind of like not a lot of people go there, but uh, the quality of the restroom, the the cleanliness, yes. do they go above and beyond to make the restroom look really nice? If they thought that much about the restroom, then the rest of the restaurant
0: is probably pretty nice. Oh, absolutely. I used to work at a restaurant, an Italian restaurant, best restaurant in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And it's called Chicago Style Pizza Shack. What'd they serve? Uh, you might be <laughs> surprised that pizza isn't even the main thing. Cool. It's- it's, it's it's pure Italian food. And when I worked there, it was me and a couple of other guys, and we'd work on the pizza side. And in the rest of the Italian food side of the kitchen, it was literally these three little old Italian grandmothers that made the food. And it is some of the best food you've ever had in your life. It is so good. But the bathroom. Oh, God. You had to, first of all, you had to go to the back of the restaurant to this door. And then walk down these creaky wooden stairs into what felt like you are going to some old guy's basement. Mm-hmm. And then there'd be a little door with one of those little metal latch hooks. Mm-hmm. That's how you close and keep the door closed. The little, like little the door match Goonies. hook. <laughs> and it'd be this tight. Now, the bathroom was clean. The bathroom was clean, but it was a small little bathroom and like you had to duck your head a bit so you don't hit the dangling light <laughs> hanging down as you're going down the oh stairwell. Gosh, <laughs> the beginning of that Goonies. was the yeah. bathroom. I don't know if they've updated that in the, in the 13 years since I've moved down to L.A., but, but that was the place. But there's it's still well the best food it. again. Whenever we go to Canada and we have to go to Chicago style and eat their best restaurant in town, best restaurant in Ontario. I'll call it that. All right. What's next?
1: From Mighty Tank One. I know you don't watch How I Met Your Mother, but there's a great episode where Ted realizes his fiance has never seen Star Wars. Oh, wow. So he makes her watch it to determine the fate of their relationship. Sound familiar?
0: For those of you who don't know that, first of all, if that is true, that's freaky because I, you're right. I don't watch How I Met Your Mother. I've never seen that. But that was exactly what happened in my relationship with Anne. Um, Anne and I started dating and we both let each other know when we started dating that this was going to be a short-term thing because I was going to get ready to move back to Canada. She had just gotten out of like an eight-year-long relationship and we're saying, hey, we're just looking for somebody fun to hang out with for a little while, yeah. right? But after about four months, it was becoming pretty clear that I had no intention of living the rest of my life without her. And our relationship started to get more serious. And that is when it came up that she had never seen Star Wars. And I honestly said, okay, wherever this is going, our relationship, it stops right now. And we got to watch Star Wars and the trilogy. And the future of whatever this is, is going to be determined by your reaction to these movies. Thank God she <laughs> she ended up loving Star Wars, uh, but yeah, it, but but again, I've never seen How I Met Your Mother, so that's pretty funny that, that was a part of it. All right, what's next
1: from Jaden Voss? If it was announced today that Wally Two and Up Two were being made, which would you be more excited for?
0: Wally Two. Yeah. Wally Two. Same. Same. Uh, which is weird because I like Up more. Yeah. But I want um, them to leave it alone. It's so
1: insular. It's just like, yeah.
0: it's its
2: own thing. You're but, done.
0: But like, there's so much more where they could go right. with how, yeah. where Wally landed off. Exactly. So while I prefer up over Wally, I would be more interested in seeing Wally too. But you know what I said? I never, they, you know, the dog and up, Doug? Doug, yeah. They did a bunch of shorts and I never watched them. And I love Doug. I don't know why I've never watched it. I need to watch those. All right, what's next?
1: Dad jokes. Someone once blew my mind and told me Conan the Destroyer was one of the first true D&D movies. I realize that now. Do you agree?
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't made as a D&D movie, but yes, when you watch any of that, especially that era.
2: Because he has a thief and all that.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, it feels like a and d thing i'm mean, actually listen a lot of people who play D when they make a barbarian character let's be honest they've got arnold's conan in the back of their heads anyway so yeah i could buy into that all right far,
2: i mean conan the the uh, barbarian is
0: far superior to the destroyer though oh absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. all right what's next
1: from sam fisher i'm far more interested in the fantastic forecasting than the soups casting one, because we've never seen the Fantastic Four done properly. And two, because to me, what makes soups interesting isn't really Supes, but the people around him.
0: I, I don't know that I agree with that. What makes Superman interesting to me is Superman. I mean, when you get to the mythological level, but m- more so like the human part of the mythological level, you are talking about the God-man, right? And this is one of the things that, Uh, Brandon Routh's Superman Returns did really, really well. It wasn't a very good comic book movie, but I still contend Superman Returns was a good movie. And it was a great character study because it more than any other Superman movie, and remember, Man of Steel is my favorite Superman movie, but what Superman Returns did better than any other Superman movie was its exploration about the struggle of Superman to know his identity and find his place in the universe. His home, his adopted home world that he loves, he doesn't know where he fits in it. He's with the humans, but he's not of the humans. And that struggle creates a loneliness. And that movie explored that great. So I th- I personally think that's more interesting than anything else. I am still more interested in the Superman casting because Superman is Superman. He's the greatest superhero of all time. Far, far more important to me than the Fantastic Four or anything like that. But I am excited for Fantastic Four. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I am far more anxious to find out who they're casting as Superman than I am to find out who they're casting the Fantastic Four. But I'm excited for both. All right, what's next?
1: Ian A. Barth, do you know if they finished shooting Ahsoka? If they hadn't, what could Ray Stevenson's passing mean for the show?
0: As far as I know, they finished shooting it a, a while ago. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. And and look, the reality too is, um, I, I read somebody write a comment uh, yesterday saying, well, I guess they're gonna have to change all their plans moving forward if, if if the Ray Stevenson character doesn't die. And I'm like, well, no. I mean, they'll recast. I mean, that's, look, it, it's tragic. I... It broke my heart to hear about the passing of Ray Stevens, but life moves on. You know, it's it's um, if you work at a if you work at a car factory, and you work at an assembly line, and and somebody somebody great and wonderful passes away, well, you don't shut everything down. You don't take away that station on the assembly line. You you have the next person step up, and and life continues, and you move on. And I think. If this Ray Stevenson character in Ahsoka does survive the series, because let's be honest, though, usually villains don't survive the series. But if they do, they won't change their plans. They'll they'll go out and respectfully recast the role and and have somebody else now step up to the plate and carry on the legacy of the character. It's what they should have done with Black Panther. But you know, I I think they'll they'll go on with that. But yes, as far as I know, that they had finished shooting the show a while ago. All right, let's do uh, two more
1: here. Uh, from King Edward again, when listening to your daily podcast, does it benefit you more financially to watch the audio uh, video and demand you upload to YouTube or to listen to the podcast on Spotify? Asking so I can support you better.
0: I really appreciate that, King, King Edward. It's funny because several years ago, the answer would have been clear. YouTube, that's not the case anymore. The, the, the economics of this world have changed. And it's actually like, there's a reason why we're trying to encourage people. Like, look, I will always upload the audio podcast to the YouTube channel because we've had so many people follow us for so long on the YouTube channel. I want to make it available to them there.
1: And it's not behind a paywall. It's right there. and it's, yeah, we're, I still get it. people
0: saying you, why do you put the pay, the, the, the live show behind the paywall? There is no live show anymore. There is no paywall. There is no live show, but there, I will always continue to put that on YouTube because a lot of people who follow for so long are on YouTube and, we'd like to put it there. But in John Campia's perfect world, um everybody moves over to a podcast feed, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Podbean, whatever podcasting app you use, Spotify, we we're, we're still, I couldn't believe it. I expect we dropped down but we're still at number 6 today on the podcast on the Spotify charts. Thank you to everybody for getting us there. Um so listen, however you you listen, wherever you listen to us, that's great for us. If you legitimately want to know which one helps us out more. It actually helps us out more by subscribing to the podcast feed. That actually is a little bit better for us, but we're good either way. We're good either way. Thank you for asking though. It's a very considerate question to ask. I appreciate that. All right. What's next
1: from Abel Leon. So with the writer's strike still in full force, at what point should we move? uh, We movie fans should consider it to be a full Avenger level threat. Three months, six,
0: three months is when we start getting really worried. Uh, Because within three months, there's already enough backlog of stuff that's already done and completed in the can and stuff that is already in production and already going that we're not really going to feel any of the heavy. Like unless you're watching Saturday Night Live or things like that, late night talk show, things where writers influence what we're watching right now, it's going to be wild. They can finish this up and get everything agreed upon in the next three months. I don't think we as fans are going to feel it too much. But once it hits that three-month mark, there is a wall coming. And it won't be right away, but there will be a wall coming where we're we're really going to feel it. So I, I think that three-month mark is probably the magic spot. And I don't know that it's going to be wrapped up within three months.
1: Yeah. I don't know, Chris, where, when do you think we're going to start feeling it? I mean, the last one was three months. Right. So The 2007 strike lasted for three months. So I do think that is when everyone should get a little more vigilant about if you love a show and it is in its freshman or sophomore season, please, please, please rewatch it on streaming. Show that there's a demand for that show because the first time around back in 2007, we had so many casualties because television worked very differently then where Shows just did not come back again. They just went the way of the dodo. So if you love something, keep watching it. I do think after three months, we all should be getting a little more concerned. And you're going to see a big uptick in reality television. We're already seeing that as well. And then on my end of things for acting, I'm seeing a lot more dub auditions lately. Mm. A lot more foreign projects are coming over for us to dumb because that's already written. And that's a much easier kind of workaround. So those are the kind of bits of content you can look forward to seeing in your queue, I guess. All right, guys, uh, that's all the time
0: we have for today. Thank you to everybody who sent in those questions. We'll answer more of them again tomorrow, of course. But that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campion Show podcast, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Again, big special thank you to all of you guys who are members of our YouTube channel and submitted those questions because you gave us great fun things to talk about but also your members of our channel, and that supports us as well. So thank you so much for that. So for everybody in the room, Ray Aura, Jonathan Voico, Chris Carr, mm-hmm. my name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.